Well, welcome back to Church Online. Uh, it's uh, a challenge to be here for many of us again, I know. I know, it's, it's, it's hard. But there is still great rejoicing that we can have. Today's message uh, is all about healing and, and prayer, really. And so I trust that this message would be a great encouragement to you. And I trust that it is something that you will take on board and that uh, you would really um, open your heart to hearing from God through this message this morning. May I encourage you uh, to, you're already on YouTube, so continue searching afterwards for some worship that will, will encourage and bless you. Uh, why not go to those favourite songs that you've known and that, that you really appreciate or discover some new ones. There's some, some great stuff there. But it's challenging not being face-to-face, -face, I know. Uh, but may this be an encouragement to you this morning. And uh, I'll hand over to myself right now to bring the message. See you at the end and blessings to everyone. About two years ago, I had this pain in my belly, uh, right in the middle. It was a Sunday afternoon and, uh, you know, it, it, it was very persistent. Anyway, it, it wouldn't go away. And so after a couple of days and following Kelly's persistence, I went to the hospital on Tuesday night to get it checked out. After waiting in the very full emergency room and having the triage nurse assure me that it definitely wasn't appendicitis, at about 1am I thought, nah, stuff this, I'm going home. <laughs> I'm so tired, I'll go and see the doctor the next day. So the next day, the Wednesday, I went to work and then I went and saw a doctor that evening. And the doctor, he said, yeah, you really should get a scan um, to work out what's going on. So I went and got the scan on a Thursday morning. And then Friday afternoon, about two o'clock, the doctor gives me a call and says, hey, you need to come right now, grab a letter from me and then head straight to hospital. Uh, you have appendicitis. I was like... Right, okay. Well, it was a Friday afternoon and um, you know, Joshua and Serena had a cricket game on that, that evening. And so I thought, oh, so I said, oh, can I go to cricket and then go to the hospital? Because no, no, this is serious. If your appendix bursts, you may die. Uh, so I was like, right, okay. So I left work straight away, went to the doctors, got into the hospital. Um, they were going to operate that evening. Uh, but then around midnight, a nurse came to me with a sandwich and said, look, it's not going to happen tonight, so you may as well eat something because I hadn't eaten anything since lunchtime. And uh, then the next day around midday, I went under the knife and had my um, appendix removed. It was keyhole surgery and everything went well. And uh, I was home again on Monday resting. Anyway, the point of the story that I am um, really uh, is that I'm really thankful that the doctors and the nurses and, and the medical profession did so well because they are such a blessing. You know, if I was born 100 years ago, I would not be alive today because my appendix would have burst and I would have died. And I believe that all healing ultimately comes from God because the surgeons are using their God-given abilities. And the healing process that takes place after you've been cut open and had people working you know, on you on the insides, that's all natural healing processes that take place. 
It is a God-giving healing process within our bodies. And I'm so grateful for all the advances in science. I mean, just think about it. In the last 100 years, life expectancy has doubled. And think of all the advances in pain relief. And yet as you look around, there's still so much sickness, pain, suffering and hurt in our world. When it comes to the question, does God heal today? You might be thinking, well, well, that's a non-question. I don't believe in God. You might be thinking this. Or, or perhaps you think, why would God directly heal one person, but not the millions of other people who also need healing? Why would he heal one person and not all the rest? You know, it might seem all very strange, that idea, and, and rather random. And then we read in the Bible about Jesus healing people and the disciples healing people. And we have so much expectation that, that, that God would want to heal people. But then do we have that same expectation today? Nikki tells this story. Back in 1982, this American pastor, John Wimber, came to speak in the church. I'll never forget it. He told us about his life. He'd been a rock musician in the 60s. He'd actually put together the band in which the Righteous Brothers came together. And then he'd had a, a conversion experience and he'd come to faith in Jesus Christ. He had an encounter with the hope of Jesus. And he started reading the Bible and he read the New Testament and he read all the stuff, that's what he called it, the stuff that Jesus did and then the disciples of Jesus did. And he called it like doing the stuff healing people, miracles, etc. And he thought, wow, this is amazing. This is what church is about. So he started going to church and he was waiting, you know, sitting through the service thinking, when are they going to do the stuff? Because this is what I've come to watch. I've come to watch people being healed and, and miracles. And now he was speaking to us as a pastor and he was saying, this is the kind of thing we ought to do in church. So I sat there. I remember it so well. And he says, Sunday night, Monday, we were downstairs and in the room downstairs, which is called The Spring, we were there with 60 or 70 leaders of the church. And again, he talked about healing. And then he said, now we're going to do some healing. But before we do some healing, we're going to have some coffee. Well, we'd never done healing before, Nikki said, so, so we had a very long coffee break. And when we came back from coffee, those people who'd been sitting at the front thought it was a bit selfish to keep the seats at the front, and they moved to the back. <laughs> but what he said is that experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit is what his team had been praying, is that, that, that this list we look at in 1 Corinthians 12, there's, there's words of knowledge, and his, he said that his team had, had had these words of knowledge. This was supernatural revelation of things that were wrong with people that they couldn't have known about naturally, that had impressions, pictures, sometimes sympathy pains. And he read out the whole list, 12 of them. And then he said, now, I'm going to ask those people to come forward. First one was, a, uh, was of a man who'd injured his back chopping wood with an axe when he was 14 years of age. And to my amazement, Nikki says, this guy got up 
and came down the front. Then he talked about a number of things and each one, one by one, people came forward. I remember Jeremy Jennings, who was a great friend, Nikki says, he, he came forward that night for another back condition. He was healed that night. But there was one that no one had responded to. He said there was someone there who'd been trying to conceive and hadn't been able to. And that's a quite difficult thing to come forward about, vulnerable. But he waited. And eventually this young woman called Sarah Wright, who's another great friend, she got up. And we'd had no idea that she was trying to conceive. But she came to the front and the team prayed for her. And nine months later, she gave birth to a little boy. Although conception, I hasten to add, didn't take place there in the spring, but she has since had five children. Now, if you've been in a conservative upbringing like me that may have tended on the sceptical side, then the first question you are asking right now is, what does the Bible actually say about healing? Well, what we see is that actually it's in God's nature to heal. God loves you and he wants you to thrive. He wants you to experience wholeness in your life. And there's a verse in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, which says this. It says, I am the Lord who heals you. And the word Jesus, we know, means saviour. And the Greek word for save is sozdo. And it's an interesting word, sozdo, because it can mean I save. And of course, Jesus came to save us from our sins, to bring us forgiveness. But that same word also means I heal. And God is a God who loves to heal. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. And today God wants to heal. And he wants to use you and me to bring healing to those who are around us. And you're never more like God than when you're helping hurting people. Think about what you can do with your life as you go around dispensing healing, wiping away people's tears, healing the brokenhearted, lifting up those who have fallen, restoring the broken, helping people overcome their addiction. And in this broken, hurting, divided world, being someone who brings healing. You know, there's a verse in Proverbs which talks about the tongue that brings healing, Proverbs 15.4. You know, with your tongue, you can bring healing to division. You can bring peace, encouragement, forgiveness. You know, most of the hurt that we experience in life comes from relationships. And actually, most of our healing comes through relationships. With our relationship with God or our relationship with other people. But in the Bible, it's not just emotional health, psychological health, spiritual health. It's all those things. But also there is, there is physical healing. And what I hadn't realised is that actually 25% of the Gospels are taken up with the healing miracles of Jesus. And Jesus had compassion on people. Matthew says this, that Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 4.23. But the thing is this, it wasn't just Jesus. Jesus said to his followers, that that's like you and me, 
He gave them authority. He gives you authority. This is not just like for special people who are healers. This is for every Christian. He gave authority to go and tell the good news and heal those who were sick. And that's what they did. As you read the book of Acts, they went around healing people. And as you read church history all the way down through the centuries, that's what you see. And still today, God is healing people. I think of Jean Smith, a woman in her 60s. You know, 16 and a half years earlier, she went blind. She had a disease in the retinas of her eyes and it was inoperable. The doctors told her that she would never see again. She went totally blind. She had a white stick. She had the guide dog called Tina and she went on an Alpha course in Wales. And she didn't really want to go on, on Alpha because they were doing it by DVD and she thought, man, I'm not even going to be able to see the DVDs. But she went nevertheless and then she went on the Alpha Weekend. And on the Alpha Weekend, which we didn't do as part of this, we just kept going with the Holy Spirit messages here each week in church. Anyway, on the Alpha Weekend, she had an experience of the Holy Spirit and she'd been in a lot of pain with her eyes and the pain went. And she was so thankful to God that on the Sunday evening, she went to church and she wanted to thank God for taking the pain away. And the pastor came and he anointed her with oil as a sign of the healing that had taken place. And as she wiped away the oil, just like that, she could see the communion table in front of her. And she went home that night and saw her husband for the first time in 16 and a half years. She said she couldn't believe how white he'd gone. She'd never seen her daughter-in-law. She'd never seen her six and a half year old grandson. Her six and a half year old grandson used to lead her around the puddles. And when he saw that she could see, he said to her, who done that, Gran? And she said, Jesus has made me better. And he said, did you thank him for it, Gran? And she said, I have never stopped thanking him. But of course, not everybody is healed. Nicky talks of his very good friend, Patrick. He's got total kidney failure. And he tried having a transplant. His mother gave one of her kidneys and that didn't work. And he's on dialysis. He's been on dialysis for 25 years. He passionately believes in healing. In fact, he gives this Alpha talk. He gives it in his local church. And yet God has not healed him. Nikki says, we've all prayed for him so much. But what Patrick said is this. He says, God has given me salvation and eternal life. I'd love him to heal me. And if he does, that would be a bonus. When Jesus sent the disciples out, and when Jesus spoke, he spoke a lot about the kingdom of God. He said, go and heal people and tell them the kingdom of God is near. Luke 10, 9. The kingdom of God is like God's sphere of influence. When God's sphere of influence is total and complete, as it will be one day, then there'll be no more sickness. So there's a future aspect to the kingdom. One day Jesus will return 
And there are 300 references in the New Testament alone to the return of Jesus. There'll be a new heaven and new earth. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more suffering. There'll be no more pain. There will be total healing for everyone. Patrick will be perfectly healed on that day. But right now, not everybody is healed. And Paul says it's like this. He says, we groan inwardly because all our bodies are declining. He says, we groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the redemption of our bodies. The total redemption of our bodies will only happen in the future. So the kingdom of God has this future aspect. But Jesus says it also has a present aspect. It's like you get a foretaste of what's going to, to happen in the future. So it's like, you know, at this time of year, it's been pretty wet and miserable. But then we get a clear day with bright sunshine and a slightly warmer afternoon. And it's almost like spring. But actually, it's, it's still winter. It's just a foretaste of spring. And when somebody's healed, when Jean Smith was healed of her blindness, that's a foretaste. What it tells you is that that's what it's going to be like in the future and that the future is coming. But right now, we don't experience total healing. So what about healing today? If God calls you into the medical profession that is a great calling. Hospitals, actually, if, if you look at the roots of hospitals, it goes back to Christian institutions which were set up in the belief that people matter to God because they're made in His image. And historically, hospitals were often founded by Christian orders and funded by Christian donors. So God sometimes heals people explicably through the medical profession. But sometimes he heals people inexplicably and directly. And so we shouldn't stop praying, especially when the medical profession can do no more. You know, when Joshua was born, about 24 hours later, so again in the middle of the night, I had to take him into the women's and children's hospital in Adelaide because there was some concern about his heart. He had a scan and the paediatric cardiologist gave us some challenging news. He said that Joshua has a large VSD or ventricular septal defect. It's a birth defect of the heart in which there's a hole in the wall that separates the two lower chambers of the heart. A normal heart you know, has a muscular wall up the middle and then a membrane that, that, that seals the rest. Well, Josh didn't have the membrane. And so his blood would mix, oxygenated and deoxygenated, and he would have some quite low oxygen rates at times. The doctor that night said it was on the serious side of things. And to expect to be in Melbourne in six to eight weeks for open heart surgery to fix the problem. Joshua would most likely require a feeding tube as he won't have the energy to feed himself and will progressively get weaker as time continues. You know, I'm so glad that um, this wasn't last year when these people in the same condition as what we were were prevented from coming to Victoria because of COVID, just a, an absolute tragedy. But we got praying. We asked friends and family to pray. We asked our church to pray. 
And every time we went to see the cardiologist, he was very pleased. Joshua, he didn't get worse. In fact, the hole started closing. Every time he had a scan, the hole was smaller and smaller and smaller. He still had some challenges. You know, when we look back at videos of him, we are shocked now at how sick he was and how sick he looked, how he'd also often have blue lips because of lack of oxygen. But we never had to take Joshua to Melbourne for heart surgery. And by three years of age, the hole was gone. We prayed and God healed our son. Now, of course, I've prayed for many people who haven't been healed. And as John Wimber used to say, when we prayed for no one, no one was healed. Now we pray for everyone and some are healed. So how in practice do we go about it? Of course, it's God who heals, not us. You know, none of us have, you know, healing up our sleeves that there should be no hype or shouting. You know, there's, there's no technique involved. Jesus always prayed with love. He had compassion. That was his motive and that should be our motive as well. You know, we don't put burdens on people. We never say it's your fault, you, you didn't have enough faith. If someone's not healed, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love them or, or God's punishing them, obviously. And so we pray for love. We pray, and, and particularly with healing, we, know we, we, we follow the example of Jesus and, and, and we lay hands and, and we, we pray for people. You know, sometimes God gives us insight into what we should be praying for others. The Holy Spirit can give us special insight into the ailments of others. And so when we feel or are aware of these things, it's a great encouragement to us to pray. There was one guy on an Alpha course, a middle-aged banker who'd hardly said anything in his small group. But on this occasion, he said, I'm having palpitations in my heart. I know that there's nothing wrong with me. It's for someone else. And so he described what he was feeling and he was having these palpitations. And someone in the small group called Stephanie said, yeah, that's me. She said, I'm having heart palpitations now. I've had them for several years. And so they prayed for her and she was healed. They stopped. Sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us special insight into what to be praying for. Sometimes God heals and that's just one example. And sometimes God chooses not to heal. But the point I want to make is this. Keep going. Don't stop praying for people because God doesn't choose to heal them at that time. And I want to encourage you to keep going. It's just a very simple model, praying for people, really. We lay hands on people. We ask the Holy Spirit to come. One of the things we've found is sometimes you need to pray more than once even. You know, Jesus prayed for a man once who was blind. He laid hands on him and he said, how are you doing? And the man said, well, I can see, but it, it looks like trees walking. So he laid hands on him again, and this time he could see clearly. So don't give up. Even if you're not healed, prayer is a blessing. Now, can I get real for a moment? I know it's not easy when, you know, we're online, not meeting face-to-face -face in person, but, but I feel that, that I really need to approach this subject. What I've observed in our congregation is a reluctance towards prayer. 
a reluctance to acknowledge our need for prayer or to be prayed for, even if there are things we would love healed or restored. Now, I've been trying to identify where this comes from. I believe when you strip it all back, I think it comes down to two things, pride and fear. Let's talk about pride. Pride on a more innocuous level is about wanting to maintain our appearance, about, it not, about not acknowledging that we need help in front of other people because we want to, you know, have it all together. It's about presenting ourselves to other people, to the people around us, that we are all right. But we actually all know the truth. We all need help. We all need God's intervention in our lives. We all have health issues that that we should be asking God to heal us from. And there's nothing wrong with asking our brothers and sisters to pray for us. In fact, that should be the normal, ordinary, mundane life as a Christian, praying with each other for healing, physically, emotionally and relationally. Pride at its most harmful, however, is saying that we don't need God, that we've got it all under control ourselves. You know, we can fix our our own problems. We don't need God. And fear is linked here as well. You know, fear of what people might think of us if we come forward after a service for prayer, that, that would be admitting that we have problems. Fear over being vulnerable with somebody else. What will they think of me if they know what I'm struggling with? Fear that God won't answer my prayers. Fear that God doesn't love me enough. Now, I know that that prayer meetings aren't the sole metric of the health of a church. They aren't the only indication of how much prayer is valued by a church and how much we pray, but they are something we can observe. Now, I know that many people have ailments, health issues, chronic pain, many things I'm sure we'd all love for God to heal with relationships and, and, and our physical nature and everything. Many things I'm sure that if we had the chance and, and God said, what would you like? And we said healing, he'd go, yep, you know, we'd love that moment. You know, and we recently had a laying on of hands prayer meeting to pray for healing. Our elders, myself and just two other people came. You know, I was so pleased to be able to pray with and for those people for healing. But I thought a lot of our people missed out on on an opportunity. You know, there is a clear instruction to us in in Scripture. James chapter 5 verse 14 says, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. This is in the middle of a larger section on instructions for prayer. And it's important that we reiterate again, God is the one who heals. We don't individually have the gift of healing, but we do have the gift of prayer. And and God's general disposition towards us is that he wants to grant our prayers as a loving father wants to give good things to his children. The larger section of James from verse 13 reads, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. How many times have we been in trouble? You know, that's what we pray. Is anyone happy? 
Let them sing songs of praise. You know, even when things are good, we should be praising God. We should be praying and thanking God. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with all in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Did you, did you hear that? The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. God gives us a promise that he wants to heal. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. God gives us a promise that our prayers, when we offer them to him, are powerful and effective. Now, now this seems to suggest, though, that when we pray for someone, they will be healed. And we know, as I've already said, that God doesn't always answer our prayers with healing when we pray those specific prayers. But I believe on a deeper level, our prayers are answered. Why do I say that? Because when we pray to God and ask that the Holy Spirit would heal someone, or that God, Father God would, would heal someone, that Jesus would, would heal someone, the whole Trinity, let's get them all in there. We're praying a prayer of dependence upon God. We are saying to God that we need Him. We are submitting ourselves to God's will and acknowledging that we do not have the answers, but that He does. And that is faith building. That is where prayers are powerful and effective, not just for those who are being prayed for, but also those praying. You know, when we return to being able to meet together again face to face, my desire for us as a church family is that we would pray more with and for each other. You know, I know that prayer meetings are not always easy to get out to. Wednesday mornings don't work for everyone and nor may the first Thursday of the month at 7pm, but most of us are at church on a Sunday. And so after my message each week, and after anyone else is, 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 is preaching, there will be an invitation for anyone who wants prayer to come forward during the last song and I and others around will pray for you. I know that this is a, a radical thing, actually doing something different, change. And, and you might feel fear. You might struggle with pride, but the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So don't waste an opportunity for prayer. Come forward at the end of the service. Bring a friend with you if you like. Tell me or someone else, you know, what you'd like prayer for and receive the blessing of being prayed for, you know, and be active in praying for healing. God does want to hear your prayers. He does want to share. He does want you to share with him your pains and struggles, and he does want to bring you healing. And he wants to use you to heal people. My encouragement to you is to tell people about Jesus. 
about the hope that we have in Jesus. Try to be a person who brings healing wherever you go, in your family, in your workplace, in our community. Be someone who prays for the sick, who binds up the brokenhearted, who wipes away people's tears, who lifts up the fallen, who brings healing where there is division. In fact, bring healing wherever you go in Jesus' name. Let me pray. Almighty God, you are a God who wants to bring healing. You've, you've said that. You are a God who heals. And Lord, we pray for those amongst us now who are unwell. We pray for those who are gravely ill. We pray for those who are with chronic pain. We pray for those with high blood pressure, with heart disease, with heart failure. We pray for those who have problems with breathing, problems with their backs, problems with limbs and, 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 and headaches and migraines. And, and Lord, we pray for those who have issues with their feet, with their legs, with their knees, with their hips, with their shoulders. Lord, there is so much pain and, and, and healing needed by your people. And so, Lord, you've given us the promise that you not only want to grant the wishes and the, to your children, but, Lord, it, that passage in James, you, you want to heal. And so we pray for healing right now. We pray for all those who are unwell, who are sick. Lord, we pray for healing. We ask that your Holy Spirit would come upon each one and would bring healing to their lives. But Lord, we also pray for relationships. Lord, we know that people amongst us have, do have some relationships that are strained, some relationships that Lord need healing. And so Lord, we pray for that. And Lord, we also know some of us do struggle psychologically and so, Lord, with our mental health, Lord, we pray for healing. We pray where there is chemical imbalances, they would be rebalanced by your Holy Spirit. We pray where there has been struggles in our thought life and in, in thinking right, that, Lord, you bring, bring healing to our thoughts and bring healing to our minds and you would restore excellent mental health within each one of us. Lord, we pray for healing by your Holy Spirit right now. And Lord, I pray that as a church, we would blossom in our prayer. That Lord, we would be characterized as a, as a prayerful church by people who come. They don't just come in and say, oh, well, what a welcoming, friendly church, which we are. And we thank you for that. But Lord, they also say, wow, this is a, a church that believes in the power of prayer. Just look at the prayer life of this church. We pray for that change amongst us. We pray that our prayer meetings would be well attended and, and that, Lord, you would be working in and through each one of us to pray for those around us, to pray for our friends and family who need you. Do we pray for the salvation of others? But, Lord, also pray for healing, to pray for the spiritual needs of people, which is no greater than to come to a saving faith in you. But, Lord, we also acknowledge that there's more at work in this world. There is so much pain and suffering. And so we pray that we would bring healing with us wherever we go. 
that, Lord, your hope that is within us would energize us and motivate us to bring healing with us and the hope of the gospel. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for joining with us. We really don't know when any of this is going to end. Uh, no one does. Uh, so uh, as long as restrictions are on our meeting face-to-face and in person, we'll be right here again every week um, just on YouTube. Um, the links are in the e- week- weekly email. Um, there will also be links coming through um, uh, on our Facebook page. So you'll be able to access uh, this anytime. Uh, but um, I encourage you to continue to uh, call and, and text and, and care for those around you. Um, uh, you know, caregiving is allowed, so where required, make sure that you do that for those that you love and that need it. And I uh, hope that uh, we can be back as soon as possible, meeting face to face. And as soon as we can, we will, and we'll keep you up to date with everything to let you know when and how that's occurring. Um, But right now in the world where we have no information, solid information um, as to when I'm recording that, that's the the thing, Um, we'll keep going as as much as we can and um, I trust that uh, you'll be blessed by whatever we are able to do each week. Blessings.